All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss hey there it's michelle norris i'm host of a podcast called your mama's kitchen when i travel i'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when i'm not at home and one of the things i love to do when i am at home is entertain and airbnb allows me to do that when i was in california recently i rented a house that had a great kitchen and when we were sitting around the table we're all thinking we're in someone else's house someone could be in all of our homes as well If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This is Leafs Morning Take with Nick Alberga and Jay Rosehill. Now we've got a fight started here right off the bat with Rosehill. 30 minutes of live, non-stop Leafs talk starts now. You know what? I won't lie. I had the case of the Mondays yesterday, but I feel much better on this Tuesday. It's a Tuesday edition. Leafs morning take getting set for the Leafs and Devils tonight from the Prudential Center. It's Nick Alberga and Jay Rosell. How are we feeling on this Tuesday, Rosie? We're good. We're good. We got some clarity on some injury problems and it's game day. So we're better than yesterday's Monday, I would say for sure. Yeah, it was like a classic Monday in Toronto where the sky was falling. We get some clarity. We uh, we get a better picture of the, the Stanley Cup playoff landscape as well. We're feeling a bit better, I think, in Leafsland. So we're going to go over that. We're going to go over the standings, the Tampa Bay Lightning winless in five straight for the first time since 2014 and the Boston Bruins. I've won 10 games in a row. Speaking of the Atlantic Division, did you see this last night? Brady Kachuk tried to fight everybody in the building, and I got to quit betting, by the way, because I took Chicago to lose that game. Alex DeBrinkin makes his return to the UC, and they steamrolled the Ottawa Senators. I don't know if you saw this last night. I did not. I want to. I had two things of lacrosse and a hockey last night, so I love catching up here just like everybody else. (laughs) So this is Brady Kachuk. Yeah, he's an dude. He's an animal. Earlier in the game, he fought Jared Tenorti, who is a big fucking dude. And then later in the game, trying to get the boys going, 
What a captain. Kind of He's great at, uh, at singing, as we all know. Does the karaoke quite well. And he just dragged his team into the fight. I know they got blown out, but I like that from him. I love it. Intensity, man. I mean, when we're talking about today's NHL, and it's I maybe I'm watching more or I'm more cognizant of it, but there was a time there, I don't know, 2015 to 2019, where I swear... No one ever got mad in hockey. No one ever yelled at anyone else. Nobody <laughs> chirped off. Nobody fought. Nobody faced washed. There was no scrums. There was no hits. Everyone was worried about taking a headshot. And I don't know, man, bumping up their Instagram follows with their celebrations <laughs> is about all anyone seemed to be worried about, man. And I was like, what is this NHL anymore? And maybe I'm diving in more to it now and I notice it, but it seems like the intensity has bumped up. There's scraps, there's big hits, there's big FU matches, there's guys like Brady Tuchuk, who's an all-star in the league, captain of a team, going bananas trying to fight a goalie. Like, what is this, 94 again? I, I like to see it. Every once and again, I think you get those throwback players. I think the Kachuk brothers are that, man. I can't go as far as to say that the intensity has changed in this league. Because like you, I didn't see a body check for five years. But uh, a lot has changed over the last little while. It's because we are getting set for the Stanley Cup playoffs. Um, you know, every team is looking at the finish line, either on the season or on the regular season, getting set for the postseason. and, uh, Ottawa fighting for their playoff lives. And that was one pissed off captain because the Sens had won five in a row. You go into Chicago. How often we talk about Toronto losing the shit teams. They lost to a shit team who just traded Patrick Kane. They got nothing left. They traded Domi and they got pumped out of the building. Um, I, I love the response by the captain. I will say that. Yeah, for sure. This time of year, you're going to run into sleepy teams who are trying to rest up and, and focus on the playoffs and the trade deadlines come and go. And then you're wrapping your head around what's going on with your roster. And there's other teams that are like, we need to make a big mother push to try to mm -hmm. make these playoffs. And when those teams run into each other, sometimes you get these lopsided events. I think the Leafs have fallen uh, victim to it more than once this whole year. And then you look at that where you would just expect the Chicago Blackhawks to pretty much get blown out every bloody game this year and it's just it's just not happening and it's frustrating when a team like the Sens are expecting to make a big push and they just ex also expect to blow a team out like dude you're trying to make the playoffs hence their leadership going bananas and trying to uh right the ship there is is what he's trying to do in my mind you had many scraps in your day playing professional hockey with whatever league did you ever come close or scrap a goalie for that matter yeah <sighs> uh, I've I've punched some goalies in the mask a few times. <laughs> um, some of those goalies that there's a, there's goalies out there like a Bennington, Bennington that chirping all the time and calling guys out into the most vocal guys on the ice and chirping off and yelling at the ref and just super involved. And sometimes that's just annoying, like shut up and stop the puck, you idiot. And then when they start getting their stick up around you in front of the net, everything else, if you decide to lose, you can turn around and twist that mask around backwards for some of those guys. So not a full-on tendy fight, but um, no, no stranger to getting blockered by one of them once in a while. I'm not shocked at that answer whatsoever. I even thought maybe you even had a scrap or two against a goalie in your career because you knew how to chuck them for sure. So that's that. Remember to subscribe, tap that like button, leave us a review wherever you're checking us out. Don't forget to visit leafsnation.com. I'll have a uh, pregame story coming up in a couple of moments, about 45 minutes or so here. Uh, talking all things Toronto Maple Leafs on theleafsnation.com. You see on your screen right there, we are closing in on 1,000 subs. We'd love your subscription. If you haven't subscribed yet, at the Leafs Nation for the Leafs Nation 401, where you can cover and watch our content on a daily basis, our clips, 
our shorts, our interviews, all up on that YouTube page at the Leafs Nation 401. Remember, thoughts, comments, questions, or concerns, drop us a line in the chat down below here on YouTube, and we'll get to that later on in the show in about 20 minutes from now. But for now, let's get over the boards. All right, Rosie, so we have confirmation that it's likely Vitek Vanacek's going to start this game tonight for the New Jersey Devils. Uh, I'm going to take a wild guess and proclaim that Ilya Samsonov is going to start for Toronto, which means we're going to get a bit of a reunion tonight in Newark. If you do recall last offseason, the Washington Capitals did the unthinkable and moved on from not one but two of their netminders. And now both guys are winners. They've had great seasons and are headed for the Stanley Cup playoffs. It's funny how it works out sometimes. Yeah, it is a little funny for sure to, to make a move like that. And uh, better have your ducks in a row if you're going to unload two of your, uh, you know, pretty solid defense or uh, goaltenders, sorry. So yeah, they're meeting up. I, I would think it would be more of a big deal if, if say one of them was still on the roster that the other guy got absolutely sent packing for nothing and, and they unexpectedly went with a different goalie, then it would be more of a revenge game kind of thing where the guy's got yeah. his chip on his shoulder. But I imagine both of these guys is uh, days with the Capitals are behind them and they're focused on their respective teams right now as both of them are flying and, uh, you know, contenders in the East. Weirdly, I think this is going to be a heated game for a variety of reasons. Obviously, the Leafs want to bounce back after that shitty-ass performance in Vancouver the other night. But do you remember that game back on November 23rd um, in New Jersey? The Devils had a 13-game win streak, and Toronto pulled out a 2-1 victory, and the crowd went fucking insane. There was three overturned goals in that game. Do you remember that game? Because they had won 13 in a row. That does ring a bell. We were thinking, oh, God, we got to go in there right now and, and see what we can do. And one of those ones, you, you, you pull it off, right? So, uh, and then that rings a bell that there's some uh, disallowed goals and all kinds of chirping going on in the Twitter machine. So, uh, yeah, I hope it's another uh, fireworks type of game like it was in November. I remember that game vividly because the crowd was going insane. They were throwing shit on the ice and we're like, what's going on? Right. This is a game in November in the regular season. You've won 13 in a row and it was a full-blown like Jonathan Quick tantrum that they were pulling in that game. But nonetheless, it should be spirited, but you would not see anything close to the Maple Leafs roster that we think will be ready for game one of the Stanley Cup playoffs against Tampa. How about 2C Sam Lafferty? What's your take on that? Yeah, dude, I, I checked it out and it's like, man, Keith, like Kerfoot as well from, you know, bottom of the barrel to the most. I mean, you could look at it on the positive and say, you know, they got a lot of guys on this roster with depth. They're utility guys, guys that can play wing, center, guys that can play first line, fourth line, bunting's down on the fourth. He's used to playing up top with Austin Matthews. They switch. Holmberg and Steves are up from the minors, but they're playing great. And Sam Lafferty, Second line center with Yarn Croak and Nylander, man. I mean, you got to try to fill the shoes of Johnny T. Not easy to do, but um, obviously a versatile player. And they've been happy with him since he came on over uh, at the trade deadline. So honestly, this team in blue, I think, have you not noticed that they've just responded really well to adversity, especially injuries? It seems like they like having their backs against the wall and being the underdog. And they seem to step up and not as much being the big dog with the high expectations. I mean, that can kind of sum up the Toronto Maple Leafs in a long time, don't you think? And it seems like this year, especially when they're down and their backs against the wall and they got injuries out the ass, goaltenders, defense, big boys, doesn't really matter. They they tend to step up and do well. So maybe a time to look at that uh, sports bet uh, line and see what they're doing because 
I honestly have faith in the Leafs for uh, getting things Ooh. done when they're backs against the wall. I would expect Austin Matthews just to step up, and what a great time for him to maybe take over a game here and show who he is right before playoffs. So time will tell, but Keith is definitely not scared of mixing up the lines. What do you think of all this? Yeah, no, I think, you know, to your point, that was a story back in November, right? When they lost, like, every defenseman ever and had to go with, yeah. like, Mac Hollowell as, like, a 1-2 guy, right? I think you have to – it's just hockey. Every team deals with injuries, and right now it is the Maple Leafs. And, obviously, in an ideal world, you're not going to have Sam Lafferty as your second-line center behind Austin Matthews, but so be it. And and that's why they've yeah. built up the depth on this team, having JT, having Ryan O'Reilly. But – I think it's got to be a defense-first approach. Um, I think if you want to get into a barn burner, run-and-gun type game with New Jersey, I think they have they run the risk of running them out of the building, quite frankly. So that's what I want to see from this team tonight is defense-first, uh, keep it simple, play simple the way they did in, uh, again, November when they were missing a ton of blue liners and still kept afloat, especially without guys like Morgan Riley in the lineup, right? Yeah, and when you look at the standings and where they're at, I mean, that run, which could have derailed their season, we could very well be playing Boston in the first round and have different thoughts on what's going on. But because of that yeah. stretch of time, I mean, they all count, but that's a stretch of time. You could have dropped a lot of points, man. There were some injuries there that, that were sustained and they stacked on top of each other, uh, goaltenders included. So, I mean, you look at that right there and that character and that ability to get the points done when your back's against the wall and, and be able to step up to adversity is probably a big reason why they are looking at home ice advantage and, and not playing the number one seed. And, you know, that, that goes a long way. And that's the kind of shit that, you know, the coaches preach throughout the year because it's a long season and weeks can just kind of blend into another one and it's another game and what city am I in? And, man, if, if you lose your focus like that, you know, you drop five or six points. That's that's a huge difference. That is the difference at the end of the year. So they're sitting good right now, and hopefully they can uh, they can keep doing it because season's not over. Home ice advantage isn't guaranteed. I imagine Tampa's pretty pissed off right about now, and they're trying to right the ship too. And if they get on a little heater to finish the season, all of a sudden you can have home ice snapped away from you. You know what? It's hilarious. All season long, we've been talking about Justin Hall, how he seems to have something on this team on management. I think Michael Bunting's the opposite. Um, you saw on your screen there and you referenced it, the fourth line winger and Michael Bunting, man. The guy's been a staple in the top six since he arrived in Toronto. But it seems like he's the first button to push for Sheldon Keefe when things go awry. It makes no sense. And on the contrary, Justin Hall gets a promotion every game. He can be like a dash three. It doesn't fucking matter. Yeah, we've been scratching our heads about about that number three all uh, all year long, and it's it's hard to say, man. For whatever reason, you're not in the locker room, you're not around there all day long. You don't know them personally, so like he he's got a soft spot and keeps soft spot and keeps heart in some way, shape, or form for sure. And you know, sometimes it's like maybe Bunting's just able to handle it. You know, there's certain teams where you got guys that are more fragile and, and guys that aren't. And when a coach needs to send a message, sometimes he'll pick a guy who maybe isn't even deserving of it and, and light up the room or call a guy out in front of the team and kick a garbage can or blow practice down and start skating everyone or whatever it is to send a message. And then I've seen him come up to guys and be like, hey, I had to do that. I know you can handle it. Keep your head on straight. It's not It's not you. It's not personal. I just had to fire the boys up. Where if you do that to the guy you want to do, he'll go into a shell for three weeks and be moping and dragging his lip and 
and being a big baby and the agent will be calling the GM and who needs that shit. So some guys need to be coddled, which I can't stand. And other guys can handle the heat a little bit. Maybe Bunting's a guy, I mean, you know, his personality, it's big and it's strong and maybe Bunting can handle going up and into the lineup and maybe Halsey will just crumble and be useless if you if you start scratching him here and there. I have no idea, but I know that personalities uh, definitely differ in the, in, even in that league. Yeah, that's a unique perspective. I really didn't think about that. Maybe Bunting's a guy who can deal with the criticism and something like that that's thrown his way, and maybe others in that lineup can't. And that's why they demote Bunting on whim, it seems, sometimes, when he, he's been fine. I mean, I really yeah. haven't noticed him one way or another. It just always seems like Bunting is the first guy to get demoted in the lineup, but that makes a lot of sense. Maybe Justin Hall needs to be coddled a bit. No, but I still think he has something on this team. Meantime, uh, two notable injury concerns, as mentioned. They did call up Pontus Holmberg, who's expected to play tonight. Alex Steves got the call up as well. Ryan O'Reilly and John Tavares both won't play in this game. Obviously, O'Reilly's long-term, as you speculated yesterday, broken finger, placed on LTIR. Um, and John Tavares, why don't we roll the clip first and foremost? Sheldon Keith speaking at practice uh, with the media. Uh, after Monday's practice in New Jersey? Uh, he has a broken finger. He'll go on LTI. And, you know, in terms of the full diagnosis and, and timeline, we'll have a better idea of that. He's seeing a specialist, I think, as we speak, back in Toronto right now. So we'll know more about it there. But obviously, not sure exactly what the LTI timeline is, but he won't be eligible uh, for that period of time. And we'll uh, get him back up and running as soon as we can. Well, obviously, when you get him... You know, you you get excited and you know what he can bring. So to, to lose him certainly uh, is tough and disappointing. But, I mean, we've, we've acquired him to be healthy, ready to go for the playoffs. And, and you know, that, that will be the case. So to that end, um, you know, uh, it's not bad uh, in terms of what the bigger picture is. And especially with the nature of the injury, he won't miss much time actually on the ice and skating and, and all of that. So, um, you know, I think we, we did see enough in the short time in terms of what he can bring and use him in different spots like we've talked an awful lot about and, and can see, you know, the impact that he can have on our team. So, you know, I think, uh, you know, knowing that we'll have him healthy and ready to go for playoffs is, is good. And, and, and uh, you know, I think we'll see how it goes, but I suspect he'll get a good chunk of regular season too. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burroughs Memorial Day sale at burrowcom slash ACAST. That's burrowcom slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Wow. Nice. Yeah. 
What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bombas socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Okay, that, that is Sheldon Keefe yesterday after practice in Newark. Uh, what did you make of that? Obviously, we speculated on the show yesterday that O'Reilly would miss significant time, yet here we are on this Tuesday, and that's exactly... Uh, the case, uh, obviously, is a lot of racetrack remaining in this regular season, but um, fingers, man, they're tough. Like, that that can last a while. Like, I recall breaking my finger playing beer league hockey. It got slashed in the pinky. I know it's the pinky. It's a different finger as we see for O'Reilly, but I can still feel the pain in the cold sometimes. That's the index finger, isn't it? Yeah, so he's a left-handed shot, index finger. I'm just thinking about the grip, and, I mean, when you shoot, that finger's taking some load. You know, if it's down at the mm-hmm. bottom of your hand, you're torquing on that thing. And that's kind of a, that's kind of an important finger. Sometimes you can get away with, you know, a pointer finger on your top hand and you can hang it off and, and you don't lose a whole lot. It's, it's funny how different things are. I think thumbs are probably the worst. I had two broken yeah. thumbs at one time. I couldn't put on a sock. I couldn't turn a doorknob. It was freaking embarrassing. And you don't, you take it for granted how much you use certain things, but I don't love the fact it's an index finger on his bottom hand. But that being said, with this kind of an injury, I mean, I think they touched on it. He can still be on the ice. He can still skate. Like, you you blow your knee up or you break your ankle or your foot or a high ankle sprain. You just can't do anything for weeks and weeks. And then, regardless of the actual injured area being healed, you got to get yourself back. All Every, every part of your body has got to go through shock and get back in shape. Not that they fall out of shape, but, man, you take one day off in that league and you feel like a different person. So you take two, three, four weeks off. It's difficult. So that, that's kind of the saving grace. He can stay on the ice. He can stay skating. He'll keep his lungs, keep his legs. But, you know, he's going to get chucked into uh, the fire when there's not going to be a lot of time left. Luckily, you know, with his professionalism and, and pedigree, I think he'll be able to step back in with, I don't know, I'm going to guess two, three weeks left in the season, he'll be back uh, playing, assuming there's not a bunch of pins and needles put in that damn finger. I know you're a firefighter. I guess you're a doctor now too, giving us a time frame there that the team didn't wouldn't they, they just wouldn't give us one yesterday. Uh, I totally get all I can think about is bag skates too, man. Like he really can't stick handle, he can't shoot. So it's gonna be bag skates galore. Do you recall a coach in your career was notorious for bag skates, Rosie? Oh my god. Tim Hunter, man, would bag the shit out of me, man. And it would just, it wouldn't end. And it would be throwing up on the bench and him rolling his eyes at me. And he was, uh, he was not the kindest human being, man. I thought when I, when he was there and I signed with Toronto, I thought, oh, cool, man, old Calgary guy, you know, a tough guy. Maybe we gel a little bit. He had nothing but shit to say to me. He would call me out in video and he was an asshole, man. So he would beg the hell out of me sometimes to the point I was puking and then he'd call me in the afternoon and say you're playing tonight and I'd be like thanks Timmy that's that's just awesome buddy but uh there's no fun coming ahead for Ryan O'Reilly you're going to be on the ice with a assistant coach or a trainer and you're just going to be doing stops and starts you don't get to touch a puck oh. you don't get to score you don't get to have fun you don't get to make a game out of it you're just skating man so that is shitty 
It just reminds me of that scene from Mighty Ducks D2 where the Ducks get hammered, Team USA, I guess, and Bombay's like, no, you're not taking off your equipment. They get right back out there and their skate laps uh, on Disney, of course. But uh, yeah, that's a tough goal, man. Any Anytime you have to do that, man, it's just a shitty feeling. But uh, we hope Ryan O'Reilly's back soon. You see their comments, by the way, on John Tavares yesterday. I'll read them verbatim. Uh, this is from Sheldon Keefe. Not feeling great. He wanted to skate to see exactly where he's at and got through it. And he's a little better than he thought he was. And they already ruled him out yesterday, citing an abundance of caution. But, Rosie, you watched the game on Saturday. We all did. He got rocked fucking twice in that game. Yeah, like to the head and like big time hits too. It makes me think my best guess is that he's not feeling his best. He's gone through the concussion protocol. He's done his baseline test on the computer and shit like that. And he's passed it and he's... He's fine, but they're like, how are you feeling? And he's like, I just don't feel myself. And they're like, then we're not even coming close to playing you with you. We're not going to announce you have a concussion. We're not going to announce any of that stuff. But if you're not feeling yourself, hey, we only got this one game here up until Saturday. Let's take that off. Make sure you're feeling good for Saturday. I bet you he'll be back. But I think it's a cautionary thing that has nothing to do with the flu. It's my best guess. If that's the case, why is he even out there is my question. What's the point? What is the point of practicing yesterday if you're not playing today? Yeah, just see how you feel, I guess. See if it flares up. I mean, with um, again, I'm just assuming that there's a possibility of them having concussion issues, which usually just stay right off. But if he just had a concussion and failed his test or whatever, then he's that's just that is what it is. They'd announce it, he'd be out. But I imagine he passed everything. He could go if it was a playoff game, but he's like, I just want to see. I don't feel myself. And they're like, Okay, hey, well then that's all we need to hear. You're not playing. Go out there and see if anything happens when you get your heart rate up there and and see and then at least you're staying on the ice you're not skipping days whatever i could see that being but it is definitely it's definitely odd and it's definitely different isn't it it's head scratching for me like i mean there's no rush i understand you're playing new jersey but as you mentioned earlier they're they're sitting comfortable in the standings like if you lose home ice so what like i rather the long-term well-being of guys like o'reilly than john tavares than to have them skate already count them out for a game just to see how they are like give the guy a couple of days off they don't play until saturday against the Edmonton Oilers and who knows like I'm no concussion expert but those things can linger and they can form later on I mean he got rocked uh, twice on Saturday as mentioned who's to say that he couldn't wake up today or or tomorrow and say I'm feeling something right well he was in the gray jersey and he wasn't in so I mean just keep him off the ice yeah. entirely yeah that could have made sense too but he definitely wasn't playing they definitely gave him the day off and took the week to uh recover um why he went out just to skate around he maybe he wanted to i mean maybe he just goes i want to see how i feel maybe i go get a sweat on and i'm like hey fuck i just i was a little under weather weather i feel i feel like a million bucks i don't know it is a little different though and uh maybe he did just have a touch of the flu Uh, maybe that's true maybe he got rocked and i mean i that's i've seen guys get fucking rocked and you think they're going to be stretchered off and they pop up and, and finish the shift and i've seen guys just do a little bump against their own teammate and they're out for a fucking two months with a conky because everyone's brain is different so maybe it's completely irrelevant to those hits i don't know but it seems a little fishy no i don't want to say this is classic leafs because every team does this and the most notorious team for me was the montreal canadians with Carey price you never had any fucking clue what was going on they're like yeah he's okay and then he misses like eight months so I take everything teams say with a grain of salt. And quite frankly, every time yeah. Sheldon Keefe talks about injuries, he just seems like he's lying or or, or stretching the truth a bit. And I, I feel bad for the guy because they put him in an uncomfortable spot to address the media and try to talk about injuries when they didn't want to talk about injuries. But nonetheless, we hope JT's good to go even as soon uh, as early, I would say, 
on Saturday against Edmonton, but I would not rush this thing. There's a lot of racetrack remaining in the season, and there's really no emphasis on these games anyways. They're just trial runs for game one against Tampa Bay Lightning anyways, which leads us to the Atlantic Division Roundup. Again, as you all know, if you're frequent listeners to this show or watch this show, we like to look at the Atlantic Division standings once a week and see where teams are at. We mentioned the least, pre, you know, feeling pretty good, Rosie. Um, I referenced Tampa earlier on. They're winless in five in a row for the first time since 2014 in the Boston Bruins, man. It is insane how good that team is. They've won 10 in a row, and now they're off for a couple of days. They're back in action on Thursday when they uh, they host the Edmonton Oilers. Yeah, seriously, man, you run through it and look at the win- 10 win streak for Boston, go down two notches, a five-game losing streak. It's... The only thing else you see on there is uh, Detroit with a six-game losing streak. Everyone's here within one, but that's just yeah. just inhuman what the Bruins are doing, man. It is inhuman. I can only hope that it's one of those stories where it's just this big, disappointing fall from grace in the playoffs. But the way they're playing, like, how in the hell, man? Hopefully they get, they get cocky and just assume they're going to walk to the finals and someone nips them in the bud. But that's a little bit wild. I like where the Leafs are sitting, man. Again, it's nice not having someone nipping at our heels and fighting yeah. for everything, and we can actually take a breather with some injuries and whatnot. It's kind of nice. Um, you know, it's just kind of spread out. I mean, the Buffalo's nowhere close to Tampa. Tampa's not really doing much to us, and we're nowhere bloody close to Boston. So there's really no nipping at heels right now, but it's interesting where it yeah. sits, and you're looking at the, the the potential pairings even going into the second round and whatnot, and uh, – it's just a season that's that's just always been just ramping up for the playoffs. I think it's mm-hmm. going to be a big, big memorable year, especially in the first round. I was talking to Luke Fox last night through text who covers the Leafs for sportsnet.ca, and I'm like, man, we just need to get to the fucking playoffs. Like, there's still, what, 19 games left? We've known this series. Like, we started joking about this in mid-December. I'm like, Rosie, you watch. It's Toronto and Tampa, and here we are on March 7th. And that still is the case. And the only thing to be determined now is going to be who has home ice for game one and two and, and possibly a game seven, which could uh, you know, matter the most, I think, in that series. Uh, but nonetheless, it should be really, really intriguing down the stretch because Tampa's also banged up. Victor Hedman got hurt over the weekend. So did Kucherov. So it's not like the, the, the Leafs are the only team walking wounded right now. But that's the biggest case right now, especially for these teams who know they're going to the playoffs. Bubble wrap some of these guys. And I'm sure over the next couple of weeks, we'll talk about load management as well. Meantime, this next segment is powered by our friends at Points Bet Canada. Let's get into the wrap up and uh, some of the questions and the, the chat questions, everything on YouTube. We tee that up um, early in the show, Rosie, but we're going to get to that right now. Timmy doing his daily check in. We love that. Uh, Kerwin writing in game day. Let's go, buds. Matt writing in a big win tonight would be great to silence some people. Uh, PS 17, a broken finger will heal. The chemistry isn't the issue, it's their effort. Shannon McCabe woke Vancouver up and the rest of the Leafs wanted nothing to do with being physical or battling. Do you agree with that, Rosie? Um, tough to say. Obviously a drop ball. I think when you're unexpectedly having a bad game, it's uh, everyone's kind of scrambling to figure out what to do. And I mean, the biggest thing, the most important thing is to score a goal. So everyone's trying to do that. But when a team shows up and shuts you down and they're hitting and banging you, I mean, it would be nice if... Uh, some of the physicality, like they mentioned, of the guys on the back end kind of, you know, was rubbing off on the rest of the team. And, I mean, sometimes that's the best way to go when you're not scoring a goal and they're shutting you out down and keeping you to the outside. You can 
run around and run them through the boards and start getting momentum that way. But, uh, I mean, that's not what their identity is. All the big boys that are out there trying to trying to weave their magic and find the seams and, and put the puck in the net, that's what they're trying to do. And, you know, the layers of depth would be, you know, some of the guys down the lineup start banging bodies and making those body checks, making the players pay. But they just didn't have it on Saturday. I've moved on from yeah. that. Um, yeah. Focused up on here what they can do this week. If they can get through uh, New Jersey like they did last time, it would be a nice two points, kind of a bonus. And then, Maybe some guys can start to heal up besides O'Reilly and, and get ready for uh, the home game against uh, Edmonton for some retribution. Yeah, I'm past that game against Vancouver. Number one, they always stink in Vancouver. Number two, like, who who cares? Like, who really, really cares? The regular season's over from the least perspective. They know they're going to the Stanley Cup playoffs. They know they're playing the Tampa Bay Lightning. So I didn't read too much into that. And I, I don't agree. I, I think... You know, Shed and McKay brought them into the fight. I liked how Nylander responded. And I think from a physical standpoint, they they stood right with the Vancouver Canucks for the first half of that game. It wasn't as physical in the second half. I had no problems yeah. with it. I love the fourth line, too, with Lafferty, Achari. And I think once these guys get back, we're going to see a healthy dose of those guys as well. So I had no problem. And again, those are all the ads from uh, Kyle Dubas and company pre-deadline, which is uh, great to see. Uh, Kerwin writes in as well. Interesting to see how Bunting, Holmberg, and Steve's fair tonight on the fourth line yeah i'm intrigued by that lafferty is a 2c matt rates in as well that's a big time narrative and storyline can he handle the weight of being a shutdown center in the 2c role that john Tavares would normally have the matchup game is going to be a bit scary because that top six for the devils man they're really damn good they got timo meyer he's been a combo now with jack hughes and then of course they got Heesher and company on the top line yeah, they're a deadly team. There's no doubt about it. They're having a big season. And uh, again, we need to show our depth. We need to show that a guy can step up. I, I like Bunting being down with those guys. I'm sure he doesn't, but it brings, you know, a bit of a presence to that line where, you know, it's always tough to get called up and you play on the fourth line with guys that are used to playing five minutes and it's tough to really show anything or get anything done. But, you know, you get to the, you get the puck to Bunting and get to open ice and try to find him and things can start happening. And I think they'll kind of be rolling the lines a little bit more than they normally do and really trying to get the whole bench into it. And, you know, they're going to have to be careful regardless of who's out there because they got a lot of weapons there for the Devils and it should be a good game. But again, we've stopped this team when they're on an absolute heater and, and we can do it again. You catch Rasmus Sandin last night at, uh, in Los Angeles. Another a goal and an assist in that game. Now up to five points. But who's counting? Five points in two games to Rasmus Sandin with the Capitals. Weird, weird. I'm so surprised <laughs> that a Leaf leaves and does that. But uh, who gives a shit? Dude, That's we all life. Know They're irrelevant. They're irrelevant. Yeah. We all knew he added in him offensively. Uh, you know, I do a fantasy hockey podcast with the NHL, and Anna Dua, my co-host, brought it up yesterday. And I said, like, Sandine, the rap on him wasn't offensively. We all know he can do it offensively. It's defensively. And the Capitals will find that out eventually. They're not really looking to win right now. But I think offensively, you put him in better opportunities to succeed. You put him on PP1 with Alex Ovechkin, he's going to get his points. And I think early on, albeit that goal was fucking ugly last night, <laughs> he scores a goal that he sort of like jabbed in five hole on, on Phoenix Copley. It wasn't the prettiest goal, but still a point. He gets two points last night. Yeah, whatever. I mean, you give up. We know he's a good player. He's a good prospect. He's young. He's uh, he's capable and he's going to be in the league for quite a long time. So, I mean, if you think you're never going to trade anyone that has any success anywhere, you're you're not going to make very many good trades. And I mean, 
if he's the only thing we gave up and in, in all the additions we made this year for our run i know some draft picks obviously but you can always get those back later on and uh you know whatever i i, I don't find myself watching them i know <laughs> the history of the leafs and losing players and uh and mm-hmm. them going on to have a lot of success but uh it is what it is. I'm, I've moved on. I'm focused on our group here and seeing what we can do. But uh, don't be surprised if Sandine continues to have a good career. Speaking of which, uh, coming up on tomorrow's show, we'll have a recap of Leafs Devils and also a former Devil and also one of your former teammates, uh, 2018 Stanley Cup champion, Devontae Smith-Pelly. I think he's just going to giggle for the entire hit. The guy just laughs and laughs and laughs and laughs. But we, we're going to have Devo Smith-Pelly on the show tomorrow. Can't wait for that. Yeah, seriously, that'll be good. I haven't talked to the guy in probably a decade, and he was a wicked teammate, <laughs> like you say. When a guy comes in giggling all the time, it's uh, he's hard not to like. Very infectious, my guy, Devontae Smith-Pelly. So he's coming up on tomorrow's show. Make sure you catch that one at the Leafs Nation 401, where you can subscribe on YouTube. Rosie, we will uh, talk tomorrow to recap this one and get Devo on, okay? Sounds good, my man. Enjoy the game. There's a firefighter slash doctor, Jay Rosehill. I'm Nick Alberga. Thanks so much for listening and watching. Take care. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.